Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and Mr. Taylor, whose writings on the industry you can regularly read over at The Wrap, and whose musings on the Mission Impossible movies you can listen to on the Light the Fuse podcast, he and I are recording this week's show on Friday, April 28th, 2023. You have been a very busy guy for the past 48. Do you want to kind of walk through folks, explain where you've been, what you've done? Well, on Wednesday night... I drove up with my my good buddy Charles and my co-host on Light the Fuse, mm-hmm. and we got into Las Vegas around 11 o'clock p.m., mm-hmm. went right to bed, and then uh, got up the next morning, went to the CinemaCon panel mm-hmm. on Paramount mm-hmm. Slate, which was really impressive, and it had some animation stuff, which I'm sure we will talk about. We will. Mm-hmm. We actually recorded an episode in Vegas. I jumped on a plane back to Burbank at 2 p.m., Got back. The plane was a little bit delayed. I got home at about four, Mm -hmm. tried to take a nap, wasn't successful, and then went to the world premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at the Dolby Theater and um, was there uh, until very late last night. Mm -hmm. And um, here I am right now, struggling to stay awake and be as entertaining as possible for the fine, fine tuning listeners. I thought the Guardian thing was going to be at the El Cap, so it was across the street at the Dolby, really? Yes. Okay, so usually they split it between mm-hmm. the El Cap and the Dolby mm-hmm. as a cost-cutting measure, oh. because when you do that, you have to shut down Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, they put everybody in the Dolby, and then they had the party on the roof of that same building. So it did not require a street shutdown. It didn't require, you know, the crazy kind of infrastructure Mm -hmm. that you need to have when you are doing both theaters. So it was just the Dolby. I was on the front row of the mezzanine. I would argue the best seats in the house. Mm -hmm. And it was quite an experience. Oh, very cool. Where would you put volume three uh, in the trilogy? Yeah, I think it might be my favorite. Um, It is great it is very emotional especially Mm -hmm. if you are an animal lover Mm -hmm. but yeah it is a it is a it a wonderful conclusion Mm -hmm. to the trilogy to the characters Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i I thought it was absolutely wonderful it was a really wonderful film and was looking at the trades today they say two running time of two and a half hours do we have any mid and end credit scenes or we do we have a mid and end credit scene and both are very delightful i think the 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 post credit scene is one of my favorite uh credit scenes in any of these movies so okay definitely stick around okay folks we have a lot more news to follow here just a heads up though going to be kind of a different fine tuning because there was so much news coming out of CinemaCon and and likewise some news coming out of France in in regard to Annecy we're going to mostly concentrate on those events today 
But of course, I want to point out that the news portion of today's show is, of course, brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jimbo Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Since again, Drew, you actually got to sit in on the Paramount presentation, I wanted to touch on the three animated projects that Paramount has coming down the pike. Jim, there's actually four. You you forgot our friend SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, please. God. Now, is this the Sandy Cheeks movie or no? So okay, this is a completely different movie. I mm. forget what the what this one is called, mm-hmm. but it is a. It, I think it's called like looking for square search for SquarePants or something. But the Sandy Cheeks movie is mm. just on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the heck happened there yeah the spongebob movie search for square pants Mm -hmm. it involves the jolly roger and our good friend davy jones and i think it has kind of a spooky tone they're saying here yeah search for square pants tentatively scheduled to be released memorial day weekend 2025 the piece of art i'm looking at here appears to be hand-drawn and wasn't the last last one was this a cg film wasn't it yeah, I think it's gonna probably still be the CG okay. element because they're they're they also talked about how this will be a hybrid mm-hmm. of live action and animation again. Apologies, four films coming from Paramount rather than three. Uh, first one up though is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, uh, which comes out uh, August fourth of this year. Seth Rogen is producing, is that right? Or he is producing, well, yes. Also voicing Bebop in this thing. Well, well, Rogen at the event talked about when they were putting the project together about what if we cast actual teenagers and let them record together? They showed some footage, right? Or yeah, they did. Yeah, and and that approach of recording together was actually inspired by his experience on The Lion King when he and Billy Eichner were recording together. I did not know that. Oh. But yeah, they showed footage of them being introduced to all the mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you had, if you had these toys as mm-hmm. a child, you uh, would recognize all of these characters: Mondo, Gecko, and Ray Fillet, and all these great, uh, mm. crazy characters. And the art style is really striking. It's based on Jeff Rowe, who is the director who did uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines, mm-hmm. said that the aesthetic was based on his drawings of the characters in like middle school and elementary schools oh, so no. um, wow yeah okay it's got a really cool kind of like sketchy um you know aesthetic really beautiful and very funny and very dynamic the footage that they showed and also jim you will love that mm-hmm. seth rogan was absolutely hilarious on stage <laughs> and he, he began by saying CinemaCon is the place where you want to get where you can only get into a drunken one-hour conversation with a guy who owns Two screens in Minneapolis. That was his. Uh, that was his. His take on CinemaCon. Well, which is I, very funny. Look, I have to say right off the bat, Mutant Mayhem is coming to us from somebody who worked on Mitchell's versus the Machines. It's like, oh, I'm there on August fourth just for that. On the other hand, given what people are saying about the next Transformers movie, the fact that we're getting an animated Transformers in July of 2024. Just the talent that's, that's sort of lined up for this. I mean, you know, starting with Josh Cooley and the the voice cast with with Chris Hemsworth and Scarlett Johansson, John Hamm, and and Lawrence Fishburne. That's 
that's an interesting way to go with this one. Um, and more to the point, also, uh, what is it? A prequel, basically taking us back to when Optimus Prime and Megatron were brothers in arms and how they became sworn enemies. Did, did they show anything from this? or They just showed one piece of concept art. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing that we could really get our minds around. I was mm-hmm. hoping for some footage, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been trying to chase down who's doing the animation for it as well. Yeah. So if anybody knows, my hunch is that it's ILM, but I don't know that for Mm, sure. Interesting point. Okay. And then moving further down the slate they announced here, in fact, they got to give Rihanna points for showing up in Vegas in her third trimester to announce the Smurfs movie, the, the February 14th, 2025. And, also, kind of an interesting choice to be voicing Smurfette, but I guess if if the news coming out of Vegas is is true, I mean she's very hands on with this. She's producing the film as well as providing songs for it, right? Yeah, and, and it's the trade. Some of the trades we're calling it the Smurfs movie. Mm-hmm. The logo is is the Smurf movie. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very much about her character. Specifically, okay. So, okay. it's honestly a weird property for her to be involved with. I don't know why this Smurfs of all things. Oh, but. How many different iterations of the Smurfs have now wandered? This is it back at, at Paramount after being over at Sony for all those years. The the IP. So that's the Paramount presentation. We're about to get started on what Disney shared at CinemaCon, but I, I did want to pause here for a moment to ask, did you see the story that bubbled up today about the folks who were going to be taking part in King Charles III's coronation uh, next month? I did, I did. I saw that my... my BFF is going to be there, well, Mr. Tom Cruise. There we go. There. But you had another another guest you wanted to talk about. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is supposed to be taking part in this series of pre-recorded videos that will be interspersed at various moments over the course of the coronation that will reveal little-known facts about the king. I'd love to know which arm of the Walt Disney Company got this going. But also, do you have a way to reach Mr. Cruz out ahead of this? Um, because Ray Romano has been out doing press for the that film that he wrote and directed, which, by the way, here is, is quite lovely. But I, I think he, in a long-form uh, interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he was talking about how these sorts of gigs, whether it's a coronation of a king or an, an inauguration of a president, are really, really tough. You know, in fact, he I guess he was... Performing at one of the balls, because aren't they like five and six balls the night that the president is inaugurated and he makes appearances, you know, as many of them as he can, but they have different performers at them. And Ray Romano was a performer at one of these, but it turns out he was the guy who had to sort of stall while they were setting the stage up for Beyonce. And it just did not go well because the room was all excited that Beyonce was about to perform and sort of paying attention to the stage across the way where they were getting set up for her to perform. And no one was really paying attention to Ray. And he went, evidently, he went back to his hotel room that night and felt really, really bad about, you know, what had happened. And then the phone rang and it was Gary Shandling 
who I, I guess had been in the room and called him and said, that was really good material. I really enjoyed what you did. That it was just a comedian reaching out to another comedian to sort of soothe him over bombing on stage. And he said, you know, I, I never forgot that. That was such a gracious thing to do. Well, maybe maybe it'll be the the Winnie the Pooh from Winnie the Blue Blood and Honey. That's at the... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Speaking of which, again, a weird side note, they, another thing that bubbled up in the trades, and again, this is when the A.A. Milne book slid into public domain. Did you see where there's an R-rated Christopher Robin comedy now being slated for production? I did. It's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is. But are you going to watch Winnie, Are you going to watch uh, Peter Pan and Wendy this weekend? I am, but mostly for Jim Gaffigan. I've been hearing that Jim Gaffigan is an amazing Smee. You've seen this thing, right? Or I have. I loved it. I thought it was great. Oh, um, well, good. All right. Yeah, yeah. In a weird sort of the thing we were just talking about with Transformers 1, the Optimus Prime Megatron thing, is it true that Lowry really does sort of lean into the Peter James Hook story or... Yeah, it's a really lovely kind of thoughtful exploration of their relationship. I mean, there's a reason that they are they cast two different actors, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, all right. The kind of um, connection that they have is really interesting in how they explore that. And, you know, it's going to surprise you. It's really, really, really good. It's like, it's just unbelievably great. Well, it's from da- so. David Lowry. Yes. David does always does such lovely work, whether it's uh, the Pete, Stragon, uh, Reinvention of the Green Knight. So, you know, very, very, very much looking forward to this. I also, I have to say, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Peter Salm's uh, Elemental. Based on what you heard coming out of CinemaCon and the fact that they showed 20 minutes of the film, do you feel like they basically showed the stuff that you saw up at uh, Emeryville last month? Yeah, it was exactly the same mm-hmm. footage that they showed at Pixar. I mean, down to the fact that they handed out 3D glasses for the big mm-hmm. sports sequence. Okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, now everybody has seen the same footage. And now the only place to go is can Jim, to see it all. Okay, so we don't need to recap that. But there was also a big push for Wish. In fact, didn't they do the big song there live on stage? Yeah, I th- again, I think that is the same song that we heard at D23, mm-hmm. if I am not mistaken. But they obviously also debuted the trailer, mm-hmm. and they announced the Chris Pine casting. Yeah! It was very funny. Did you notice how they did that? Because you and I have known mm-hmm. for months now mm-hmm. exactly who he was playing. He is the villain yep. of mm-hmm. Wish. Yep. But when they announced him, mm-hmm. they didn't say that. And then the trailer comes out, and he's... Clearly the villain. Well, no. It's like, oh, I, what, what is this cloak and dagger about? Well, it's very funny. From the moment they cut it under his eyes, you know, the close-up in the eyes, and they go green. It's like, oh, well, okay, now we know what's going on. But just to sort of circle back to the musical element for a Wish, it's the Disney 100 release. The company's making a huge deal about, you know, its heritage. And so you have this big animated release, and... You don't go to Alan Menken to do the score. You don't even go to the Lopez's, who uh, perhaps are busy working on the score for for Frozen 3. But instead, you go with uh, Ben Rice and Juliana Michaels. These are folks who are very much out of the 
the contemporary sphere. I mean, you know, for example, Ben Rice is a, a record producer, sound engineer, songwriter, worked with Nora Jones and the Jonas Brothers. And, and Michaels, on the other hand, has written songs for Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, uh, Britney Spears, Justin Bieber, Gwen Stefani, and is really consistent. Because, I mean, think about it. When, when Walt took on the Sherman Brothers back in the, the early 1960s, They'd been writing songs for Annette, you know, so who, you know, were that world's equivalent of the Selena Gomez's and the hell, you know, they did Selena and Demi also work for Disney. So what have you been hearing? What's the reaction to the song, song been so far? People were really into it uh, for coming out of CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. And the fun part about the Chris Pine character, too, is that he sing. He has a big song. To. Does he? So, oh. if you have seen Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. where he plays a bard, mm-hmm. you might have already heard some of his his skills mm-hmm. uh, as a singer. So, I think it's really fun that he'll okay. he'll sing and and wish as well. Well, cool, cool, cool. All right, and and I think you and I at a, a, a recent fine tuning, we're talking about the uh, limited series on Disney Plus. Into the Unknown, the making of, of Frozen 2, and how exhausted poor Peter Del Vecchio looked in the final installments. And it's just sort of like, and I just noticed in the credits here that Peter is also producing Wish. And it's like, oh no, poor Peter. But on the other hand, I guess on the heels of what happened with Strange World and that sort of thing, I, do, are you intrigued by the fact that Jennifer Lee, ahead of feature animation is not only executive producing but also writing wish they told us that at d23 jim that was not a surprise yeah i know i know but it just it's still the fact that she both she and peter are are this hands-on with this one you know she can do it all jim she's married to alfred molina she's running walt disney animation studios she is a force of nature you know it's it's lovely to see all right well i I love what i saw of this trailer uh and again it's always nice to once again hear alan tudyk what is the name of the goat character again that he's doing Oh, God. I Valentino, don't know. I think. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So, all right. Looking forward to seeing the next trailer for this one. But, all right, folks, much more to talk about with CinemaCon. But first, let's take a break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get back to talking about CinemaCon, Drew, you were pulling together some stories for tonight. 
and pointed toward the Amazon, what is it, pushing deeper into the the Batman universe. The uh, What, we're not just getting that the Matt Reeves animated series, the the Cape Crusader, but but a couple of other projects as well, right? Yes. Uh, one is the Christmas special that was announced previously, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is called... What is it? Merry Little Batman. Merry Little Batman. There we yes. go. Yes, and then... There's an accompanying mm-hmm. series as well in the same animation style. Yeah, sort of, I guess world or something. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think that 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 show is supposed to be called the or Bat Family, but that yes. one image they released of the animation style, it's like, oh, I, I'm there. I mean, it just it looks loose and funny just for the just for how they made Alfred look. Yeah, exactly. Do we have a timetable? For a- no, I, th- I mean, I would be surprised if it wasn't out by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, who knows mm-hmm. with this stuff? It, it is just so fluid. Is the word is the reason the the way to describe mm-hmm. the current state of streaming right now, Jim? Mm-hmm. So God only knows. Especially if we're staring down a writer strike in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Okay. We now pivot uh, back to Comic Con, and we'll let's talk about what uh, Universal revealed coming from both DreamWorks Animation as well as Illuminations. Now, we talked previously about Ruby Gilman, uh, Teenage Kraken. That's going to have its world premiere at Annecy on June 15th and then be released theatrically on June 30th. Kind of interesting that Universal used uh, CinemaCon to sort of, you know, talk up Ruby as potentially the girl power movie of the summer. How much of, of this have you seen at this point? You know, a lot of us have seen the trailer. and Yeah, just the trailer. Mm-hmm. I haven't shown me anything yet. I mean, I'm dying to see the movie, okay. so hopefully yeah. that'll happen soon. But, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, again, you know, the, the, the big fan of Kirk D'Amico at his work. And I, I love the look of this one. So really, really, really looking forward to this one. Also, I, I won't lie. I am looking forward to Trolls 3, Trolls Band Together, which... Arrives in theaters November 17th of this year. Been a while since the first Trolls movie. Uh, That was October of 2016. We got Trolls World Tour. What was it? Just two months into the pandemic, right? Uh, That that was released in April of 2020. And that went straight pay-per-view, right? It was a hybrid model, I believe. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. One of the one of the first. Mm-hmm. Remember the studios were this is true. very angry at the trolls uh, in the early parts of the pandemic. This is yeah. true. This is true. Well, I, again, somebody had to be the one to sort of break the seal, so to speak. Moving on to the the third trolls movie, Trolls Band Together. Uh, you know, again, Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick are back. I love the how this one kind of leads into to Justin's past, you know, and, and with the whole boy band thing. And we've all seen a, a, the taste of the psychedelic hand-drawn scene that, that's in this film. And I, I guess that that's the thing they basically showed at CinemaCon was sort of an extended version of the trailer. But yeah, it's Branch's long-lost brother showing up and then they must go off and and save the other brothers who are captive and reunite the boy band bro zone. So evidently score leans very heavily into backstreet boy songs. So should be a lot of fun. On the other hand, 
We also got uh, more info on migration, which is the Illuminations project that's being released on December 22nd of this year. We also have an official log line. This film follows a family of ducks who try to convince their overprotective father to go on the vacation of a lifetime. What do you think of the, the vocal cast that got revealed for this one? I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I think, you know, Elizabeth Banks is playing one of the main characters, and I'm happy that she gets her shot mm-hmm. after being cast as Joy and record mm-hmm. recording for however many months as Joy for Inside oh, wow. Out and then getting replaced. So I'm happy that she has a new... Mm-hmm. She has a new outlet, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's Kumail Nanjiani, it's Casper mm-hmm. Jennings, Aquafina, who mm-hmm. we've heard obviously in a number of animated projects, Carol Kane, Keegan Michael Key, who I think at this point uh, you contractually <laughs> obligated to have Keegan Michael Key in your animated movie. Um, Very true. Very yes, true. and then Danny DeVito, which you know, we I love well, that. No, I, I, yeah. I have to admit, just the fact that we get Carol Kane and Danny DeVito in this project, I'm there. I mean, again, I, I still think the trailer that we saw last month a little strange, but I'll give it a pass. You know, just uh, we'll wait to December, see how this shakes out, and then of course we have Kung Fu Panda Four, which is going to arrive in theaters March eighth of two thousand twenty-four, and it's now been. Eight years since we had our last Kung Fu Panda theatrical release. There's been a couple of animated series. In fact, a number of them over on Peacock, right? Yeah. But since our last Shrek movie, Shrek Forever After, uh, which was released May of 2010, so 13 years. So, all right, eight, 13, it, you know, and as Drew, Drew, who knew before anybody else in town was talking about it, there was this, you know, a Shrek sequel in development headed our way even now. Anyway, back to Kung Fu Panda 4. Uh, Jack Black comes comes out on stage at CinemaCon with a giant salt and pepper beard, which is makes him look very panda-like. Oh, I, I have, have you been following what's been going on with the Peaches song from Super Mario Brothers movie? No, I haven't. What, what's Tell me what's happening. Well, I, evidently, it's largely just Jack Black very passionately singing the word peaches over and over again at the piano uh, as Bowser. And it, evidently, it, it debuted in the U.S. Uh, Billboard Hot 100 is, is 83 and has already climbed to the, the, the 56th slot on the charts. Meanwhile, over in Australia, in the Netherlands, and New Zealand, it's actually cracked the top 40. So on the heels of the success of the Super Mario Brothers movie, oh, oh speaking of which, we've, we've talked about this in previous episodes. To date, uh, stateside, that Illuminations film uh, has earned $450 million, $448 million overseas, total of $898 million worldwide. And by the time this podcast goes live on May 2nd, it's projected to be at 925, $930 million worldwide. So a billion still doable. Oh, it'll clear it. I mean, it hasn't even, I think it opens in China and Japan this week. Are so. you kidding? It hasn't opened Yeah, so it'll, it'll be. Oh, wow. I didn't this know is, This is the beginning, Jim. This is the beginning. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of beginning, where the story of of Kung Fu Panda 4 begins, I I guess they didn't show anything from the film. 
but blacks on stage and, and explained the story, that the, the effect of Poe faces his biggest challenge ever. And the way it starts off is that Poe is now the dragon warrior, of course, spiritual leader of the, the Valley of Peace. But being a leader means having a plan in place just in case you can no longer lead. So Poe sets off in search of a worthy successor he can train. And he ends up in the big city where he begins to train a female fox to eventually take over as the dragon warrior. But in the middle of this, a new villain emerges called the Chameleon. And as Black uh, told folks at CinemaCon, the, the deal with the Chameleon is he doesn't just fight Poe as himself, but he can summon other villains from throughout Poe's past. So this film is actually going to be kind of a reunion project. We're going to see the villains come back from uh, one, two, and three. Just to bring back Tai Lung, that'll be cool. Is that the Ian McShane character? That's the Ian McShane character who, you know, and, and I still think... The scene where he breaks out of the prison. In fact, I, I think that was the very first set piece I got to see when doing press for the original Kung Fu Panda. And it was such a, a tour de force, you know, just the, the whole notion of he's in chains in a subterranean cave surrounded by guards and he still manages to escape. It so delivered the goods. So I can't wait to see that character come back. Likewise, what was the Peacock character from 2? Oh, yeah, Shang, Shang Li or something, yeah. This is a fun idea. Can't wait to see it play out. So that's largely the news coming out of CinemaCon, though, I, and we talked briefly last week about Annecy, but what's interesting is just... This week, we have finally some schedule information for uh, that event, which is being held June 11th through the 17th. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Jeff Rowe, uh, who you just uh, mentioned, Drew, uh, co-director of the Mitchells versus the Machine. They're going to show a work in progress presentation there on the first day of the fest. And then on Tuesday, Warner Brothers Animation gives a first look at their animated Lord of the Rings project. The the War of Rurim, does that... Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, all I know is that it's an anime mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. I think this is going to be the first time anybody's seen anything from okay. it. So it's pretty right. exciting. Okay. That same day, Gennady Tartakovsky, uh, we, we get a, a, a first look at his new project for Sony Pictures Animation, Fixed. You were recently over there. Did, did you get to eyeball any of this one? or No, I haven't. I, I just talked to, to Gendy about mm. Unicorn Warriors Eternal, which I want to remind everybody premieres on Friday at midnight on Adult Swim, and it'll be on HBO Max, I believe, the next day. So get on it. Um, yeah, but I have not seen anything from Fixed yet. Okay. And on Wednesday, uh, Netflix is going to be debuting Nimona, which, if you recall from last week's show, Drew has already seen and has very high praise for the Troy Quayne and Nick uh, Bueno or Bruno movie. Kind of interesting. They're also going to use this panel to uh, also begin to talk up uh, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, straight through to Blue Eye Samurai, which again is my favorite title of the coming year. And then on that same day, 
Uh, Benjamin Renner is going to be talking up migration, uh, which again, we, we were just talking about the Vogel cast for. And then come Thursday, DreamWorks is going to hold the world premiere of Ruby Gilman, uh, Teenage Kraken. And then that same day, we're going to get a first look at the Trolls Band Together that we were just talking up. That's directed by Walt Dorn and Tim Hurt Hits. And then finally, they are confirming here that Elemental is going to premiere at Cannes, but it's out of competition, right? It's like it's being shown the last night of the festival. Yeah, it's the closing night festival. I, w- I will also add on if you are at at Annecy on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides Elemental, I think your wish might come true. Oh, Am I being subtle enough, Jim? Okay. <laughs> Supposedly, also, Pixar is going to use that opportunity to give people a look at their first ever animated series, uh, Win or Lose, which is going to Disney+. Plus. But you are, are trying to get to Annecy this year, right? Yeah, I think I think I might have figured out a way, Jim. Oh, so ooh, stay ooh. tuned. Well, yeah. no, see, this is what I love about Drew. Drew takes his job seriously. In fact, I still cannot believe that you managed to get a brand new episode of Light the Fuse recorded in between the Paramount presentation and making it to the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Three world premiere. Yeah. It was. It, I think it was up before I landed in Burbank. Oh, uh, that's how God. quickly we got it up. <laughs> okay. Well, well, folks, when you finish here today, go immediately to the Light the Fuse podcast and check that out. Uh, oh, you're also missing out if you're not following Drew on social media. By the way, it's so enjoyed the, the the shot of you and Charles gooning in front of the the uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. That that massive standee thing that they're sending out to theaters. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Can Can you tell folks where they can find you on social media? Yes, uh, I it is a Drew Taylor like a tailored shirt on Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. Yeah, okay. as Twitter becomes more and more unusable, I am still there for some yeah, godforsaken I, reason. As are you, Jim. Tell I, people where I know, they can find you. I know. Well, again, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. And by the way, we we also have some other podcasts here that maybe you might want to listen to. In addition to fine tuning, we have Disney Dish that I do with Len Testa. We have Marvelous Disney, uh, our Marvel news podcast. That's with Aaron Adams, the talented gentleman who edits all the podcasts here, who, by the way, has a show of his own, 32nd Street, about the world of advertising. Well, we're checking out. And I swear to God, Brian Gunn and I will get a... In fact, I'm trying to get a new episode in the can that will go up on May 4th for May the 4th day. So that's one of my projects for this weekend. Other thing, uh, folks, if you could do Drew and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review, well, not just the podcast you're listening to right now, fine-tuning, but also Light the Fuse, that would be very helpful. Also, if you really, really, really like what you heard here tonight, you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be cool. And I think that's going to do it. Thanks for all your hard work this week, and, and, and thanks for listening.